morning. I don't want to do it. I'm feeling the cost of some of what we do here. Um, but I'm doing it anyway, and it's because it's a topic of feeling the cost of what we do here anyway. And it'll be uh, today, it'll be a couple of other times in the next few Sundays, but I'm going to talk about family. I'm going to talk about us. We do it all the time. Why? Why would we keep talking about what our culture is? Any thoughts? It's very important, and our family continues to grow. And I want us to not use a controlling, protective kind of feeling, but we protect this culture. Do you know that every single thing we do here has been chosen? Every single thing we've decided to do, we've talked about, we've wrestled with, we've gone, okay, I think this is right. Everything we've got at the moment, further back in years gone by, we decided, and a lot of it, we make mistakes amongst that. We, you know, learning wisdom, learning, okay, that didn't work. But right back here earlier, we began maybe year two of our church to go, what is our family culture? And big seeds were dropped then. These seeds we've watered, these seeds we keep talking about all the time. And you know what? We will lose the culture if it's not carried by the culture. We will lose it. How does a big church, if we've cracked 150, not that everyone's always together, but if it's 150 people who've gone, I'm, I'm all in, or I'm choosing to be in, but I'm scared, but I've got one foot in. If we've got 150 of these, how do we remain like, we've had some beautiful intimacy as a church as we've been smaller. How do you protect that when you grow? If we move into that hall, which can cater for another 100, and then they're all like, don't you miss it when it's just smaller? I've heard that a lot because we knew each other. How are we going to protect the culture when the Lord keeps adding, when the Lord keeps adding? How? It's a really beautiful, important culture. It's going to be lost unless you carry it. It's like the only way. I can speak on it. The leadership can believe in it. The Life Hub leaders can believe in it and carry it, and different people here carry it. But the only way we're going to protect what's begun here is if it's you who carries it. It's people who walk in that door, and it's you. The way you treat them, the way you engage with them, the way you discuss things, it's like this is how things, this is how this family operates. And it's you going, I trust that culture, yep, I believe in it. Communicate to us any holes you see. And then it's you that's got to carry it. So that's actually why we talk about it. Because it will fail, it will drop, it'll just become this big service and people come in on a Sunday and then that's it for the rest of the week. And people come in on Sunday because they like what they see, they like what they hear, and they like what they feel when they're here. And then, whoosh, that's not a family. We've said a few times before we'd rather stop Sundays if there's no family during the week, if there's no connection, if there's no knowing, if there's no vulnerability, if there's no cost of being known. It's like this is dangerous to put on a thing. If this isn't a thing, it's really dangerous. And the Life Hub gathering evenings, it's better that we stop them if they're the only time anyone has any connection with each other. That's not good fruit. It's, it's, it's really dangerous if we leave, lead this church by events. Really, really dangerous. The events have got to be an outcome of what we believe and what's important to us. It's like 
together we can't wait to can't wait it's a terrible word to say we can wait together we just so look forward to coming on a Sunday because I know you and I know you we're going to be vulnerable and awkward together and worship and love on him and that's awkward and, and the cost and and that's kind of family I really really need you to know if you're new that we'll cancel events it's not our culture to lead events only it's our culture to be a family so today I'm not going to talk on the becoming family that I do every now and again. A couple of years ago I did it in an apron, remember, in my apron and my ingredients and I talked about all the different ingredients that, ma- that make a healthy family. I'm passionate about family building. The Lord called me to do that here in a church. I am a mom, very much a spiritual mom and I've been surrounded by a team and we do it together but I'm talking as a mom today that this is how we do things and this is how we need to keep doing things if we if we want the fruit it's very important today that no one hears should does anyone here live with I should do this and I should read my bible and I should go to church and I should go to that prayer session and I should very dangerous shouldn't be part of our culture should not be part of our culture that's the only time we should use that word it shouldn't be that's not good, that's not good fruit. That's led by, because it's right, whereas this is wrong, it's religion. It's right, I must do what's right. Don't, don't, don't do, don't listen today through the now I need to do this and now I should do that. It's not healthy, <laughs> it's not healthy at all. Okay, so there's a group of words that I've given to Andrew that I might just stick on the screen. And today I'm gonna share my heart, not a sermon. And I'm gonna come back to these four words which I can almost see, they're a little bit. You're amazing. All this advertising this week, you can see them? Cool, okay. So the first one is ownership and belonging. So if we are a service, if we come to a church service and we go to church, something's wrong, that's not in our culture. Do you know it's not biblical to go to church? It's not biblical to go to church. It's not biblical to go to church. There's no such thing as church. It's not an event and it's not a building. If you look through the Bible, the church is a group. The church is a family. The church is a people. It's not an event and it's not a building. And I would like to invite you to help break down that thing. And even in your language, like we've taken a while to go, that's right, not going to church. We call this the gathering, but I'm just going to gather with the church. It really changes, I'm gathering, I'm not going to church, and that's a tick off of something that's a Christian. It's long term in the Christian system, but it's not biblical. So if we could start, you know, going to the gathering. The gathering is not the main thing when it comes to being part of this family. If you have a biological family, imagine if the only time you ever saw each other at all or communicated or had any emotional connection or need met was when you came to family meeting. We need to call a family meeting. And that's the only time, like you saw, you knew, people knew where you were at. That's why we really wanna start dismantling that the church is a family meeting on a Sunday. Instead, I'd love you to know that if you're part of this family, you're invited to be part of a family. That's what being part of this church involves not coming to events and not doing things and not joining ministry teams and not joining serving teams. That's that's really not what we are inviting you into. When new people come into this fellowship, we invite you to not do much at all at the beginning. For some people, that can expose an irritation on the inside. 
especially if the only way they know how to connect is through doing something. It's like an irritation of, but I can't be settled here, I've got to serve. And some people are a little what we called performance-oriented, whether it's focused on what they've got to do and how they've got to serve. And, you know, and so it's like, well, I've just got to make sure and I'm bringing baking and I'm cleaning this and I'm helping and I'll be on the kids' program and I'll help with admin. And it's uncomfortable to not do and we're okay with that. Our priority, if you join this family, is be known. Just be known. That's really important, not sign up for something, not help with something. It's brave enough for you to sit next to someone you don't know and to start inviting them into your world. Some people's worlds are full of pain, some chaotic. Some people join this church and they've come from a traumatic leaving of another church and there's stuff with that and there's loss and there's anger and there's pain. Some people come and you're it. Like, they don't have Christians in their world or they don't have a partner or they don't have a family. You're it. So if you want to be part of this family, can I ask today, even though we're going to talk about how to serve, that your first priority is always to be here is to be known and to be loved. That's vulnerable. That's, I invite you into my world. I extend my table. It's not comfortable for some, but it's kingdom. We've not got to go with what's comfortable. We've got to go with what's kingdom. And some people would prefer to slip into a church after the worship starts, slip in, be able to have the communion with the Lord that they love and they need, and then slip out before they have a conversation with anyone because it's hard, because it's painful, because they're going through stuff, because it's awkward, because they're coming to an event. Let's focus on if there's someone I've never known they're going to be known. If there's someone new, they're going to be known. Welcome them into family. Is this making sense? Is it breaking paradigms? So some people only want to serve. Some people, and it's very minimal, and I'm not putting this on people, some people are uncomfortable if they're not serving in spiritual areas. I'm here, I've got to be on the worship team, and through that, form some community. I'm here, and I've got to, I don't know, prophesy or do something, because that's who I am which has a truth to it. That's who I am and that's how I'll be known. And my gifts, my gifts, my gifts. Here we're like, gifts are really great. Jesus gave them. Let's put them over there. We want to know you. We actually lay down gifts here, put them on the altar. They usually burn. It's an invitation sort of to come into family and die. It's like a seed. Just come in and put the seed in, and sometimes the seed has to die. Just let go. You don't have to do. You can just be a mess. You can just be you, and we'll tuck ourselves around you. But then we want to release all that is on you, the spiritual gifts that are on you, the love for serving that's on you. Our heart is to release you. Do you know that our role even as leaders of this church is to serve you and to go what's on your life and then add fire to it? That's our passion. There is no thing that the leaders are doing and we need you to follow. Please serve our ministry. Please make sure you finance it. Please make sure that Brad Joss's call on his life, 150 people serve that and make sure it is accomplished. It's not what a shepherding community, it's not what a pastor, and it's not the way it should be, it should be flipped. Because an apostolic church, and we're parents, and Brad's job is to go, what's on you? What's in you? 
What's in you? What has the Lord given to each of you? Each of you have a purpose and a destiny and a future. And if God's chosen to tuck you into this community, we're only going to be whatever we're going to be because you're added and we'll find that out as we grow and we're going to help light what's in you. Is there book writing in you? Is there, I don't know, creative? Is there art? Is there ministry? Is there evangelism? What is in you? And we want to put fuel on your identity and heal your identity and release you and bring the kingdom. That's a parenting leadership. You don't, you're not here to serve us and to serve where we're going. We're here to say, Jesus is leading this community in this direction. You're obviously part of it. We don't know what it's going to be until you light up. What's in you is important. But first, be known. Sometimes that's the hardest thing, especially for a highly gifted person, is actually who I am is more important than what the Lord has called me to do. Being known is vulnerable. Being known is scary. Being known is amazing. Being known and being seen as messy and then being loved writes huge things on your heart. It really does. To be seen and then loved rather than I'm doing this well, I'm doing that well, and now they want to do this, and now this is what we're doing in worship, and so I'm doing it well. Thank you for the cost when you all stood again at the worship, but I could hear trickles here and there of doing it because I should. There's just trickles that we're going to continue to bring that to death. It's so exhausting. It's so exhausting to live by shoulds. We don't want it here. (laughs) We really want freedom. Just be you, just be known, just be loved. That's the priority of Paradox Church, is to know and love each other. And then the thing that's even more important is, and then together learning how to love on him, love on him, minister to him. And breaking down all the barriers and the cost that is to worship him and to know him. So that's very much part of it, but I'm not talking about the prayer and worship today, I'm talking about family. So we are inviting you into ownership and belonging, not into coming to a service. You can have this place. Like, you can actually go behind where the kitchen is to the sinks, and you can use it. You can go to the fridge. How would it be if you're at home, but you make sure that your shoes are on and you look good and you don't touch the fridge and and you're a visitor? If you're family, you can come to this property You can actually ask, can our family come and maybe join another one and even use the swimming pool? You can come and sit here and dream and do writing. You can come here in the morning and worship on your own. This property is for you. If it's our family, it's yours. So if you choose to serve here, it's like it's because it's mine, not because of shoulds. Do you see the difference? There's an ownership that comes with, oh, this is mine. That's very different to, this belongs to Brad and Lisa and their vision. How am I going to serve and slave and are they going to burn me out as I follow their ministry? That's very different. This is your place. And Jesus has put a mandate and a call on it. So we're gathering and going, okay, this is what we're doing. You're welcome to be a part of that. The space is yours. You can come here. You can act as if it's yours which obviously comes with respect and responsibility. But I'm, I'm inviting you into ownership of what we do here. Can you imagine a Sunday morning when we gather, if everyone came and they were like, I'm owning this meeting instead of attending this meeting. I'm coming and it's, it's, it's my worship time. And it's our, like it's our, 
I'm going to head in and pray too. I'm going to do this because I'm shoulder in. This is my family. That's very different to how is it happening here and where should I sit today and what are the rules? Some people are stuck in what are the rules at different churches? What are the social rules? How does it work here? How it works here is it's yours. You're welcome. Settle in. Take ownership. Look at the toys. Yeah, they work. Oh, actually, I could bring this if it, you know, think into things. Think into the space. Go, I, I can imagine this here. It's yours. Sunday mornings are yours. And if we chose to come and gather around the presence, that's why our services can be a little bit like, oh, that's just pricking me a bit, because we don't do what one should do on a Sunday. And then you do this, and then you do that, and then you do announcements. There's a little bit of it here, and structure helps, and you can see that the chairs are like what, oh, yeah, yeah, and chairs, and we know how to do church. We know how to do church. We're wanting to continue breaking it down. What does it look like when a family chooses to gather around the presence, around the presence rather than the sermon. We gather around the presence and we come together and we're shoulder in and it's awkward and we don't know where the Holy Spirit's going. Like this morning, it's, it's, it costs because we have to put our hand in his and what are you doing, where are you going? I am open. It costs to follow him instead of to do what happens on a Sunday. And we know how it works and then we do this and we do this. And I, I had a need met when I had encounter with God. But this is a whole lot different, following him. So that's what we're aiming to do on Sundays. It's not an event. It's gathering around the presence corporately and going with him. I want to talk about then responsibility. So with ownership comes responsibility. That's different to comes expectation and rules and shoulds. So lift that off. Try not to hear it through that filter. With ownership comes responsibility. So it's like if this place is mine, like literally this chapel, it's yours. So with ownership in a culture that is family, it is also like, oh, and there's a cup still there. Pick it up put it in the bin and like it's sight like you're at home and it's family and it's oh and there's someone over there and I'm, how can I oh I'm going to set that oh that chair's out of line like just because I want to love family and this is my place and just a whole lot of ownership and out there and it's just you start to see what's behind the scenes to make some events happen and you're like oh I can add to that or oh, let's change that can I help carry this and it's sort of like a responsibility it's also a responsibility of well, I'm going to get on to the responsibility. It's called cost. So maturing love costs. Love is awesome. It doesn't always come with feelings. It's often a doing word. Some people who might be um, in, a, in a relationship where there's a lot of love, so even um, marriage style, or, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, that kind of love is beautiful. There's not a lot of hard work for those feelings to be flowing. Maturing love is I don't feel those feelings anymore, but I choose you. I choose you. Guess what? When we get together in life, hub gatherings, maybe family huddle, I'm just letting you know in advance, you won't sit there and have all this, oh, I love you. I love you. Oh, and you're here. I love you. I love you. This is easy. This is just love. It's probably not going to happen till after maturing love happens, which is when you sit there and you go, I'm not really friends with most of you, and I've sort of avoided you on purpose, and your family's a bit dysfunctional. 
have you been smoking? <laughs> and I don't know if I trust you in my house. And it's, I choose you. I choose you. I choose you. Oh, you're in depression. I choose you. Oh, you're a workaholic. I choose you. Oh, you want to prophesy only because you don't know that who you are is amazing. I choose you. I choose you, you overeating awesome person who just took my chocolate. I choose you. And maturing love looks like I choose you. From the beginning of this church family, when there were eight, nine, Rachel, it's been I choose you. As a senior leadership team, there's a lot of I choose you and quite a bit of I love you. Our feelings of like we feel that love, but it's been years and years worth of at times where it's not there and oh, you've got some mud on your face kind of feedback. It's I choose you, I choose you, I choose you. Hence the healthy trust and family, like we just, we are one. When it comes to the Life Hub, when it comes to Life Hub leader nights and we all get together, I sit there and I'm like, God, you're so clever. It's special. And because we all get that culture, we're just literally, we're all becoming friends. What happens in a church that chooses to be family is you become friends with people you don't naturally want to. And you actually choose and become friends with people like, if I met you at a party or in my workplace, you would not be my friend. It's, if we choose to be with natural friendships, that's called cliques in the church and people not really knowing each other. But if it's, I choose you because you're mine, I choose you because you're in this family, and I choose you because you're in my life, that's called maturing love. That's the I choose you that married people have to do in the dry and in the you just did that again and in the I'll take your cup and in the I'll make the bed and in the you just yelled at me again and in the I can't do this anymore. It's I choose you. And that has to be the foundation of what we do here. It's coming in another sermon, but it goes that way too. It has to be I choose you, not I feel like it, and not I have these feelings of love. So if we could enter into this year going, I choose this family, then just know it comes to responsibility. The main one of I choose you to the people around you. I am actually have love feelings for people that I chose before I loved. I won't tell you who you are. Oh my gosh, I just said that out loud. But <laughs> there are people here, I love you, but I didn't at the start and I chose you. And like, <laughs> like each other, <laughs> we had to do that. But it works and the love comes because it's Jesus, it's kingdom. It's kingdom if you do it that way rather than the smear of my needs, I like this and I feel like that. Does that make sense? So then a last word to fiddle with would be this word cost. What does it cost me to be part of a family? I don't know. It's different for everybody. There are seasons we'll go through where it's, I have nothing left. I can't offer something here. I have a you know, debilitating sickness or I'm going through this or I'm going through that. It's okay if you retreat. You're not seen by what you're doing. But is she helping? But is he on a team? It's fine. If you just like, I can't, there's a little side to that and a paradox of become learning resilience and just keep going what you said you're going to do. That's another whole topic. But there's no pressure. But we're asking, if you choose to be part of this family, number one, what is it? Be known. Be known. And then what is it that you can offer? Because if a parent, like, so Brad and Lisa have young children. A few years ago, they were still, maybe it happens, 
wiping bottoms. That's what we do with new people. It's come and learn our culture, our heart culture, come and learn all that language of Elijah House, come and all of that takes time. Being known, being vulnerable, breaking down old paradigms, just being adored, that's a bit like you can just be a kid. But children grow up. It's very serious if a 32-year-old is still getting their bottom wiped by mum. Can you imagine? So that's what I mean by come here, enjoy, rest, don't feel you have to do anything. But the family only works if mum still isn't doing the dishes when four adult children are still living at home. It becomes dysfunctional. So basically I'm saying there's a whole bunch of people here that are more developed and are becoming part of the family and now you're sort of teenagers in the house. I'm not saying we're your parents, but I mean you're like, I get it. I'm going with this. This is what I'm dreaming into. You're starting to you know, get into stuff. You might be way more than teenagers when it comes to your spiritual maturity. But what I mean on ownership level, it's like, okay, we get it and we're putting our shoulder in. But if we had like 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, and it's still like I come here to receive and what, how my need is going to be met, the amount of people that will say to us, my, I, I, didn't, I didn't get fed on Sunday. I just didn't get fed. I'm like, your paradigm's seriously screwed up. Imagine if a 30-year-old is still sitting on the couch at home. Mom, I didn't get fed. Oh my gosh, I didn't get fed. It's bad. It's appropriate that a two-year-old is like, ah! banana, banana, fed. So it's fine, but 30-year-old. So I'm not meaning to mock, but I'm encouraging an invitation of the cost of being part of a family if you're a mature member, is I'm going, it's only going to function if everyone's doing the dishes in a metaphorical way. It's only going to function if everyone's washing their clothes. It's only going to function if everyone's going, this is my house, I can rest here. It's only going to function if everyone builds connection with each other in a I choose you kind of way. Does that make sense? So, um, my most nervous thing of teaching this is that you don't hear control, you don't hear expectation, you don't hear burnout, you don't hear, now I've got to do more. On chairs, we have put the different areas where things would not be as costly for those who are helping if there were a few more helpers. In the white paper, it actually explains in detail what's involved. We don't want you to going, I'm going to help with this, and you didn't realize the cost. Cost is part of love. <laughs> it's not comfortable. If you're like, I've, I've been thinking about this area, just, just know that they've been explained in that area for you. We don't want you to be manipulated into something. Do you notice I'm not using scriptures? Is that okay? I really was even felt the fear of God of like it. It'll come across as controlling people. And the Lord says it's better to give than to receive. Sign up today. I just wanted to share my heart, which he's all in and has given and is leading us in that. So just know where there's freedom cloaked all over this. This blue card is the areas. So uh, they're a bit more practical um, areas, but they're areas we're inviting you as a family member to come into. Some of you, um, do you know what was one of the most blessed times of December for us as a leadership? We did have a volunteer night where we gathered all those that are helping these areas and have their shoulder in. 
And we gathered them here in the space. We had an elegant evening, beautiful long table, and the food by this company, Native Olive, that Hannah and Jess do. And we had a volunteer's evening. And then we stood in a big circle holding hands. Do you know how many of us there were? Seventy. Like, we stood there and went, we started with seven. There's 70 that have gone, we're here, shoulders in. It was precious. So I'm saying this sermon today going, this culture of serving is already working. Nothing's wrong. It's working. It's beautiful. We're grateful. There's a lot of you going, I don't know if I could do more. We're not asking for more. We're not asking for more. (laughs) We're just asking, we're inviting. What's on your heart? Can you help? We're asking for help, not for more. Um, But it's working. The culture's working. We're excited. It's beautiful fruit at the end of last year, but we wanted to go over the culture. Please don't sign up for anything with shoulds. It's really religion. (laughs) Please consider costing yourself and getting involved in a particular area. Brad Joss, our pastor, do you want to add anything and then we will finish up? Thank you, Amy. And teams, very good. So I'm thinking, wow, there's a lot of talking about ministry. Hope they don't do this every week. We do this like once a year, so um, that's, I think that's pretty good. But uh, it's a lot of just the practical things. And uh, you may remember a few months ago, I, I, I spoke on you know, the, these kind of three realms of family. So we are a family, something that God's established. And then you have a, a family kind of support network, as we all do. You know, I, I know for me, I've you know, you've got to pay bills and you've got to do those sorts of things that help a natural family to work and there's those things. But there's also the element of, of legacy of what we're doing and there's, there's certainly areas and, you know, the prayer room is one of them and, and what God's wanting, you know, Andrew spoke about the, the media and releasing that, that there's a legacy on this community as well. Um, so there's lots of areas that God is just uh, opening up uh, doors and, and expanding out. Uh, but the reality is we're not trying to put it on you and, and I know... I have been in cultures in the past where it's almost like you you got to serve, and if you don't, like you're almost like you're a sinner or something like that. It's we're not putting anything like that on people, uh, and we recognise we want you to be free to serve God 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because that is the reality. That's why we haven't even called it, you know, serving uh, or you know, serving in a ministry, because your life is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, service and ministry to the Father. In everything that you do, as you're loving your kids, as you're working your job, as you're buying your groceries, every moment of every day, you are a minister to the Lord. And so we're not trying to make, you know, oh, the stuff that then you do uh, for the church is somehow some sort of spiritual act and, uh, and how you treat people on the roads is a non-spiritual act. Um, <laughs> just speaking to myself here. <laughs> Bringing some conviction, Holy Spirit. You know, as Amy said, this whole idea of the kingdom being a family, like it's not something that we're, we're not thinking, oh, this, is, this will be the new model of church that will really connect with this generation because they're all about community. It's like, no, we're saying this is what the Bible calls the kingdom to be. So we want to do it like that, Lord, and we want to create this kind of culture. And uh, again, as Amy said, oftentimes in a small church community, um, close connection and that family sense of, of environment is like a, just a natural consequence of your size. And then obviously as churches grow larger numerically and more people join, then they lose that close connection. I've heard a lot of people, they lament, oh yeah, well I used to be part of a, a small church, then as a group we just lost all of that sort of thing. And so I fully understand that. The difference with us is that from the beginning we've intentionally built that family culture. 
And as, it's, as the church has grown, we've continued to intentionally build family culture and close community. And we've continued to eventually build, okay, so more building, more building, more building, always with intentionality. And so my expectation is if this community grew to a thousand people, we'd have even deeper measure of closeness of community connection because we've intentionally pursued that as a community because it's a reflection of the kingdom. It's not just a consequence of size, it's a consequence of intentionally pursuing something. Uh, and that's what our heart is. You know, when we, uh, Amy talked about 150 people in Life Hubs, I know last year, you know, it's like printing off every single name and laminating every single name and putting it on a board and all of the Life Hub leaders getting together and lovingly and intentionally and prayerfully going, what's the best community for this person to connect into? And what about these? Well, we know these people and they connect there and they're maybe geographically connected. I know they have relationship together and these people are, and, and going through every single person and saying, how can we lovingly connect these people, every single one into deep community? And I know that's not normal to do that. What I know is that generally in churches, small groups are something that people do because they know it's good and that's where discipleship happens. But it's kind of like, this is the main thing. And then small groups, hopefully we can try and kind of shuffle people into small groups. And if you get, the statistics are like, if you get 60% of a church into small groups, like you're doing a really good job. For us, we've gone, no, no, we're going to go the other way. We're going to intentionally focus on building close family and community. So for us, it's like if you're part of a life hub, then you're part of this church community. That's how you're connected in. Now, if someone comes along every Sunday and they're not part of a life hub, it's kind of like, oh, you're not really connected in. Now, again, life hubs do get together. You might be, I work every night. There's no way I can get to those things. We'll still connect you into a life hub. Because it's not about a meeting time. It's about a family that you're connected into. So you'll catch up with those people at whatever time God makes available. But we're, we're deliberately pursuing that. So for us, we say, well, how, if someone was to ask me how many people are in small groups, what percentage of your church is in small groups? I'd about 100%. And next year, it's going to be 100%. And the year after that, it'll be 100%. But the cost on the leadership, the cost on our intentionality to do that is, is high because it's so important for us. Now, at the same time, you know, when it comes to uh, you know, being part of it and serving and doing all of those things, yeah, we know that we get a lot of people that come to our community that have been burnt out on ministry and burnt out by the church. And so, again, we're super aware of that and we want to be a healing place. And so there is no expectation on you to do anything at all. But at the same time, if you're in that place, we, we want to journey with you through the healing process so that you can come to a place where you're free to give and you have a yes and you have a no. Some people only have a yes and they get themselves burnt out because they don't know how to say no. It's like, well, we want to teach you how to say no. And that might be because we say no to you. When you sign up, when you tick every single box on this, if you tick, have ticked every single box in this form, someone's going to contact you and it's probably not going to be to serve in any of those areas. It's going to be to say, um, why are you wanting to serve in every single area? Where's your no? <laughs> you know, we, we care about you so much. Um, you're not a commodity to be used by God or by this church. You are not a commodity to be used. You are not a product. You are not a resource you are not, you know, a, a, just a warm body with hands and feet. Oh, we could use that person to do something. We're not interested in using people. And my heart is that we'll never be like that. Okay. 
when we speak of having um, a destiny on your life and, and part of our role as, as kind of spiritual oversight is to help you to walk in your destiny, just so you know, we, don't, we will not prioritize your individual destiny over God's corporate destiny for this community. So we're all about what is on your life, but if you are following the Holy Spirit and He's informing you, it will fit into something that God is doing broader than that because you're not an individual, you're not off on your own, you might, you might have amazing ministry gifts and amazing call in your life, and it's, but you'll find because you're part of a family, it's going to tie in in some way here. Um, we're, not interested, um, we're not interested so much in people doing ministry but people living a lifestyle. Uh, before uh, we started this church, I remember being up in Kings Park. This was supposed to be in sometime in 2009. And, uh, and I was just praying and talking to God about this. And he kind of gave me this download of the philosophy of ministry that we want to have for this church. And it had everything to do with that 24-7 reality of being a minister for God. And so what we don't want to do is, if you, you might think, you know, well, I've got a real heart for, for, for homeless people, and I just want to minister to homeless people. Please don't wait around for someone to start up a homeless people ministry. Or even don't think to yourself, how can I start up a ministry? Just go and do it as a lifestyle. Make some food, take it down and give it away. You know, don't think about, well, I've got this heart for, you know, for, for young mums and, you know, oh, I've got to start a ministry. You know, just do it as a lifestyle. We'd rather people living a lifestyle of being a minister to God than, than getting involved in all of these programs. And like, I don't want to, we don't want to facilitate the call of God on your life. We don't want to facilitate the things that you have on your heart. We don't want to create kind of these subculture things that you can come along to and attend and give your bit. Um, just go and be, like be Jesus to people. Does that make sense? Or is that, because I know that's kind of opposite. We think about, okay, so where can I, what area can I fit into the church? We're not, this is not what this is about. This is just saying, hey, to keep this thing going, like we just need to be putting in and helping out. That's all it is. Um, but live your life as a minister to God. And the last one, as Amy said, you know, just don't do it begrudgingly. Please, if you're just like, oh, here we go. I gotta, oh, yeah, I'm typical, sign up for ministry, do something. Please don't. Please don't. Can I ask you, if you're like, if you don't want to put your, tick any of these boxes, please don't. Because it's, it's going to turn out bad for all of us if you do it begrudgingly. Because you'll get offended or you'll feel used and it's, that's not on us. We're not, we're not here to do any of that sort of thing. So please, but if you're like, man, I'm so excited. I'll, I'd love to help out there and I'd love to do that and I can do this sort of stuff. Awesome. Be free. Amen? Any questions? We are all living free from expectation and weight of religious obligation. Amen? Amen? Some more? Yes, yes, Pastor, yes. But no, no. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you. So a couple of other areas are we have Life Hub leaders, but that's just something that, you know, as people are parenting in the community we invite into so it's not one on on here but there are some beautiful life hub leaders also giving a huge amount of time to parenting a people um, and then in the future there will also be prayer ministry so keep that up if you're wanting to learn how to do that that'll be a slow journey we're only going to build that slowly it's not going to take up all of your time um, and then if you want to be a kingdom builder, so if financially that's something you want to do with this community, just remember there's some cards on the two black boxes and there's a black box in the morning tea area if that's an area that you're like, 
my shoulder is in there too. Well, there's no expectation and do to fill that in now, but we would love it if you know that you can fill it in now. To fill it in um, now, there are some pens and so on. Lindley and Kylie will be walking around with them. If you're like, I just need to think on this, I need to talk to my wife, I need to da-da-da, just take the card home. It's fine. Or you can send us an email, drop it at the um, info desk next Sunday, uh, call someone and say, can I ask more questions about this? Speak to a leader of an area at morning tea and go, I'm just not sure. Can you tell me about it again? Um, but if anyone needs a pen, Kylie's got them. Um, but if you can, even if you're involved already in hospitality, just tick it again. It just helps us know you're staying again. So just do that. And um, I'm going to give a minute to this practical job. And then I might just ask Brad if you don't mind coming and praying. Do you feel the freedom? But the invitation to responsibility. So even at the door, Lindley and Kylie will be standing there. Just give them your cards. Take it home if you just need to sit on it. Thank you for listening to a... Uh, and Brad's just going to pray as well first. Thanks for listening to the culture. Awesome. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. But Father, we just thank you that uh, even the invitation into your kingdom is an invitation, Lord that you bring salvation by invitation, Lord, that you bring newness of life to us by invitation, that you, even as you desire them more for us, Lord, you don't force us or squeeze us into a box, Lord, but you invite us into that place. So we just thank you, Father, for what you have on this community, Lord, the legacy that you're desiring to leave behind, but, Father, also the way that you're forming kingdom culture here, Lord by building a family, Father. And so, Lord, we just put before you all of these areas of need, and we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd prompt our hearts, Lord. And you say, yes, this is an error, and it might be something where it's like, hey, that's going to cost me, but, but I want to do it for you, Jesus. I want to love your bride in this way. I want to I love my spiritual family in this way and pour back in. But Father, we do just, uh, we just pray just a lifting off of any expectation, Lord, any religious obligation, God, that n- not one of us, Father, would make a decision based upon a should, but based upon that freedom that comes to say, man, I get to serve and to love you, Jesus, in this way. So we thank you for freedom, Lord, but we know that with freedom comes responsibility, God, and we want to be a people that are mature and responsible with the freedom that you've given to us, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen.